Hey guys, welcome to the Journey of Ruth Discipleship Podcast, where we encourage listeners to love Jesus, study his word, and reach others. I'm your host, Courtney Lohman. Today, I am so excited to share with you what I believe are the four characteristics of a fruitful disciple maker. Most people have a list in their heads of what it takes to disciple someone, and along with that list comes a very, very long list of necessary qualifications for you as the disciple maker. What if I told you that the list isn't that long and the qualifications are probably a lot more reasonable than you believe? I had a list in my head when I first started discipling and that resulted in fear. It resulted in me being fearful every time that I met with a woman for discipleship. What I came to realize was that the list of characteristics a woman needs to be a fruitful disciple maker is much simpler and much more obtainable than I believed. So today we're going to go through that list. And I think just like me, you will leave with the belief that you are truly qualified to go out and follow God's command to be a disciple maker. Now, once you've heard this list, you are going to understand how important it is for you as a qualified disciple maker to join us at the Entrust Discipleship Conference in September. Over the last three years doing the Journey Ruth podcast, I've seen the younger generation searching for guidance and leadership from those that have come before them. They needed guidance, but they didn't know who to ask or how to ask for help. On the other hand, I've often seen an older generation that sees the need that the younger individuals in their life have. They want to respond. They want to help out, but they really hesitate to reach out because they feel untrained, not cool enough. Not, don't worry about that. I'm not cool enough either. <laughs> Disconnected from the younger generation or having believed this lie that they have nothing to offer. Through Journey of Ruth trainings at churches and individuals responding to our encouragement here on the podcast to step into a discipleship ministry, we have seen lives change. We have seen women step into their gifting and passion in their local church, which has led to the creation of brand new ministries. We have seen individuals find a deeper purpose in their jobs. That's right. It's affecting people's professions. And we've seen women boldly step into the role of discipler because for the first time they felt equipped to do so. I was so blessed to read a note from a woman that I worked with recently. During our time together, she said she was really focused on her own ministry at her church and how she could build disciple makers within that. But at the end of our time, what she said is it didn't matter just about her own ministry anymore. When we did the training at her church for her disciple makers, she started inviting women from other ministries. She said it was more about seeing discipleship happen in the greater body of Christ and not so much about only our ministry anymore. I love that perspective on seeing discipleship in the full body of Christ because we know that that is how we are going to increase the numbers of people within the kingdom of God. Now, I want these same victories for you and your church, and this is why we created the Interest Conference, to be a place where women can acquire the tools that they need, to be a place where women can acquire the tools that they need to disciple others in their community, and in turn, create more disciples and exponentially grow the kingdom of God. If you haven't gotten your tickets yet, what are you waiting for? The event takes place on September 24th in Glendale, Arizona. It's going to be a jam-packed morning from 9 a.m. to noon. You and your friends are going to want to make lunch plans afterwards so you can go and discuss all of your takeaways. Don't wait, friends. Go get your tickets to the Entrust Conference today. All right, let's get started. 
Well, friends, I am here with you today to talk about the four characteristics of a fruitful disciple maker. We talk about being a disciple maker, the importance of discipleship within the body of Christ. And so what do you need? What is it about you that make will make you a fruitful disciple maker? Well, let's start with talking about that body of Christ and why you, you specifically need to step into your role as a disciple maker. There was a, there was a study done by Barna and uh, the Navigators. They did a joint study on discipleship within the church. And there were some very interesting things that they found in that study, but one of them that hit me the most were the numbers about one-on-one discipleship. So three, four, five, just remember those numbers. Three, one in three individuals within the church wants discipleship. They want that one-on-one discipleship to happen in their lives. One in four people within the church are actually being discipled, actively discipled by someone. Now, it doesn't say one-on-one, so that could be happening in another context, but only one in four people, 25% of the church is being discipled right now. There's, that is a problem. Considering a biblical example of discipleship would say that that should be happening your entire life. And here's what really hits me. So it was three, it was four, now it's five. Only one in five people in the church today are actively discipling someone else. So how do those numbers line up? If one third of individuals within the church want to be discipled, but only one fifth of people in the church are actually doing the discipling, those numbers don't match up. It means that there are many of us that are sitting in church knowing that God has called us to be disciple makers, but allowing a lie that says that I am not qualified to do so to leave us sitting still. We're using that as an excuse to say, well, I don't really know what I'm doing. I don't, no one would really want me to disciple them, so I'm just not going to. And I think that lie kept me from doing this, from stepping out in obedience for many years. And what I've discovered is that really the qualifications to being a fruitful disciple maker is going to be much easier than you actually think that, think it is. It's a much shorter list as well. So if you are unsure that you can disciple another person, I want you to listen up. So here is what the list does not include. Here's the things. When I ask people, what would you say um, are qualities or characteristics of a disciple maker, someone who is doing the discipling? Here are the things that come up, and these are also things that I had on my mind. They have to be educated or they have to be highly trained, plus if you have a seminary degree. Guess what? I don't have a seminary degree. I have a bachelor's degree in secondary music education, (laughs) which I suppose has taught me things about teaching, and I can use some of those skills that I know, but it's not a theological education. One of the interesting things that I have found biblically is, is 
we can study the disciples and we can see some of the things that the disciples did really well. And then we can see some things that they didn't do so well. (laughs) And I think it's so interesting to see how people around them saw the disciples. So in Acts 4, verse 13, we have Peter and John and they've just been arrested because they uh, healed a man. And you've got all of these people around looking at them because they're on trial. And so in verse 13 of chapter four, we see the thoughts of the people that are looking at them. And it says, now, as they observed the confidence of Peter and John and understood, here here it comes, that they were uneducated and untrained men, they were amazed and began to recognize them as having been with Jesus. So it says they were untrained and uneducated. And I just learned at church today that the word for untrained is the same Greek word that is the base word for idiot. So when they looked at these men, they were nothing special. And yet in this chapter in Acts, we're seeing that they are performing miracles and that there are people by the thousands beginning to follow and believe in the name of Jesus because of these untrained men. So, yeah, sorry, you don't need to be super educated or super highly trained. The disciples weren't either. Some people think you need to be an extrovert. Okay, I am. I am like extrovert of extroverts. <laughs> but I know many introverts that in times make a much better discipler than I am sometimes. And that's because they would rather meet one-on-one and spend really concentrated time with just a few people. Where I'm like, everybody come, come on, it'll be great. Let's have a party. You don't have to be an extrovert. Some people think that you have to be super confident and always sure. We talk a lot here about Matthew 28 because Matthew 28 verses 19 through 20 is the Great Commission. And that's where we get the command to go and disciple. God says, go therefore and make disciples of all the nations. Not go therefore and uh, really try to convince people to come to church. It's go therefore and make disciples. And this is a command that he's giving to his disciples who are then supposed to go and give that same command to other people. So this is where we see that making disciples is not a good suggestion. It's a command that comes from Christ. But what I love, that's 19 and 20. In verse 17, it says, um, the 11 disciples have gotten to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus um, had told, Jesus had said, hey, I want you to meet me on this mountain. And when the disciples saw him, they worshiped him but some were doubtful. And there's like a part of me that's like, come on, disciples. Like you just spent three years walking around with him and you're still doubtful. Did you not see all the cool things that he did? Did you not see this guy just die and then raise from the dead and yet you still doubt? And does God, does Jesus say, go Those of you who do not doubt and make disciples. No, 
What we know is that Jesus can see within them. He can see every, he knows what is going on in their hearts and their minds. We see that in other parts of scripture. So we know that Jesus knows. <laughs> we know that he know that he knows <laughs> that they are doubting. And even though he knows that they have doubt within their heart and within their mind, he says to them, go and make disciples. So no, you don't have to be super confident in your ability to disciple to start. Sometimes the best way to figure it out is to learn, is to say to someone, I've never discipled someone, but I'm excited to try. Will you be my guinea pig, please? <laughs> Will you walk this journey with me? I would love to disciple you. The last thing is, is the belief that you're supposed to be much older. The people that are supposed to be doing the discipling are the older people in your church, whatever older means to you. And I, I disagree with that because I think everyone needs someone that is older. But that description of older a high schooler can disciple a junior higher pretty well. A college individual can disciple a fifth and sixth grader really well. And I don't think that there's an age group like, well, you know, a college person can disciple a junior higher, um, but someone who's in their 20s shouldn't. Mm -mm. It just says, older women in Titus too. It just says older women. So you don't have to be much older. You have to be you right now, wherever you are, there is someone that needs you to disciple them. Okay. So now that we've taken all these excuses, <laughs> just remember the church needs more disciplers. We don't need any more excuses. We need more disciplers, not more excuses. So we're going to take some of these excuses out of the way. And we're going to talk about the four characteristics of a disciple a fruitful disciple maker. And all that a discipler needs to do is they need to care. C-A-R-E. That's right. I put it in a mnemonic device to make it easy for you to remember and easy for me to take in smaller chunks. I like anything that can help me remember. I use it. I used it all the time when I was teaching music. There are so many mnemonic devices and there's a reason for it. It helps us remember. So you must care. So the C is for consistent. We're going to be consistent in three ways. The first way is to just show up. Show up on a regular basis in these people's lives. Can you do that? Can you show up on a regular basis? I bet you can. Can you show up by consistently texting them and checking in on them, giving them a phone call? Uh, I recently had a training that we did. A woman asked about discipling someone from far away. And I said, yeah, Zoom. We love Zoom. <laughs> For that reason, we can disciple people that have moved. But an even better way is to, if, if Zoom isn't an option, a phone call at the same time every week. They know that at 4.57, their phone is going to ring. And they don't even have to look at the caller ID because they know that it's you and you're calling to check on them, check on their week, see how you can be praying for them. Being consistent shows that person that you care about them and that you're thinking about them and that you are a part of their life and a part of their weekly or 
Yeah, weekly schedule, monthly schedule. So be consistent by showing up. We have to be consistent in our word. Your words, your wisdom, and your advice, they need to be consistent week to week and not change and not kind of go with the flow. I think so much about culture and how um, one of our past guests said that culture is like a, a river. It's constantly flowing and constantly changing. And if you're going to try to stick with the cultural expectations of the day, then it's very hard to keep up. But what we know is that scripture is not like the river. Instead, it's like the tree firmly planted with its roots. And so your word needs to be planted with roots in scripture so that almost it gets to the point where if they're going to ask you, if your disciple is going to ask you questions, they are going to know what you're going to say because you're so consistent. Hopefully they still come and ask you the question. But have you ever had someone that you're like, I'm going to go and ask them the question, but I know what they're going to say. In fact, my son comes up to me. Mom, I know what you're going to say, but can I play video games? Dude, it's the middle of the week. We don't play video games during the week. So you're right. You do know that I'm going to say no. (laughs) I'm consistent. Finally, you need to be consistent in your deeds. You've heard that saying, do as I say, not as I do. Yeah, that doesn't fly in discipleship. You need to be consistent. What you're saying actually needs to be how you're living your life. If it's not, then how do they know that you are actually giving them a wise suggestion? If you tell them to do something, if you're like, hey, this is what my wisdom and what my suggestion would be, and then you show them in your life, they can look and actually see, oh, I see them doing it. I see the result of what they're doing. I want that result. I think I'll take their wisdom. I think I'll take their advice. But if it's like, well, they're telling me to do this, but they're over here doing something totally different. You begin to wonder how consistent is this person being in what they're saying and what they're doing? Okay, friends, are you signed up for the inside look yet? The Inside Look is our monthly newsletter where we let you know what's happening with the podcast. We start each month with a short devotional. Then we pack the rest with important information for you, the listener. When we need listener input for a future podcast, the questions and submission information are in the Inside Look. When we have an upcoming Patreon chat, information, it's in the Inside Look. And the Inside Look is the first place you will see information on our upcoming merch store. Our newsletter friends and our patrons, of course, will be the first to know when the shop will open and what is available. We also will be offering a special code for our newsletter recipients when the shop opens. So if you haven't signed up for the newsletter yet, make today the day. Head over to journeyofruth.com slash newsletter and sign up so you don't miss any of the exciting things coming in the Journey of Ruth community. So C is for consistent. A is for available. You need to be available for your disciple. You're like, Courtney, is that really that simple? Yes, it really is that simple. I'm not saying you have to be available 24-7. Okay, boundaries, they're very important. But ask yourself a couple questions. How long does it take for you to get back to somebody? If your disciples, you know, sends you a text and says, hey, I have a question about this, or can you be praying for this? 
Did they go unread and unreplied to for like four or five days? Does that really seem like you're available? Especially if it's a text. Come on, it's just a simple response, right? What if um, they need something? What if there's an emergency in their life? Do they know that they can call you? Have you talked about that? With some of our college students, we've let them know like, hey, it doesn't matter the time of the night. You can call us. We are available. Call Courtney because Jeff won't wake up to pick up his phone. (laughs) He just won't. He sleeps right through it. I will hear the phone, uh, but call Courtney and Courtney will wake Jeff up and we will be there for whatever you need. We'll come pick you up if you're in a dangerous place. We will get you whatever you need. If you're sick and you can't get to medication or whatever, what do you need? We're there. Another way that you can be available is in your time with them, your one-on-one time. How available are you? Are you sitting there? I've, I've met with people, gone to meetings before, and I feel like the entire time I'm with the person, I'm a complete imposition. Like they're constantly glancing at their phone or they're glancing at their computer. And I'm like, I thought we scheduled this appointment. Like I didn't just show up on a whim where I'm interrupting your day. I've been on your schedule for two weeks. And do you not have 30 minutes to sit with me and be completely undistracted and and talk with me about the, the thing that I'm needing to discuss? Now, if it's like a business thing, it might not be that big of a deal. But if it's a discipleship thing or if it's an issue that I need to talk out, man, it's hard to be really honest and open with someone who seems like everything else is more important than them. I love my Apple Watch, but it can be a distraction when I'm meeting with someone because it feels like every time it buzzes, I have to look at it. And every time I look at it, that person doesn't know, am I checking a message or am I checking the time? So are you available in your one-on-one times or is whatever's going on on your phone or whatever you think is going on at home or whatever more important than the person that you're meeting with? So how available are you for people to get a hold of, for people to be one-on-one? And I want to add that sometimes availability also includes generosity. Sometimes you have to be generous with your time. Sometimes you have to be a little more generous with your time, your talent, and your treasure. One day, an hour and a half might be great to meet with a disciple, but sometimes you might need a little more time. Or sometimes it's not really about time that they need, but they actually maybe need some groceries. Or maybe they need you to come (laughs) to their house and work on their car. Believe me, you're not calling me for that. I'll be like, I've got... Jeff, and he will be there (laughs) as soon as he can, if that's the case. But you're using your time or your talent or your treasure to show them and display your love for them. You can do that, right? So can you be consistent? Can you be available? And then R is you need to be a reader of the word. So we talked about four weeks ago about the essentials of a good discipleship meeting. Like, what does it look like when you're meeting with someone for discipleship? What should be included in your time together? And we said it should be fellowship, scripture, and prayer. We said, get to know one another, make sure that scripture is a part of it, 
and then pray. If we know that scripture needs to be involved in a discipleship relationship, it is very important that you are spending your own time in relationship with Jesus, that you are spending your own time in the word. Because if you're not, how are you supposed to help somebody else in their own time with the Lord? And I have definitely, definitely myself been um, convicted of not spending enough time on my own in the word and just showing up to discipleship meetings and saying, hey, this is what I think you should do. And this is a good idea for you. And then not going home and doing it myself. Ooh, now we're back to that consistency issue about deed. Do as I say, not as I do. Mm-mm. This has to be one of those times when you are do as I say and do as I do. I spend time in the word with God and I think you should too. Now, I'm going to take an opportunity to tell you about a, a, a solution that I have found recently and um, so good is um, Daily Kairos Journals. So good that we are partnering with them. And I love a Daily Kairos Journal because it really helps organize time with the Lord. Now, some of you probably have a hard and fast organizational system for your time with the Lord. Those of us who struggle with organization, like your girl here, I need a little help. (laughs) And so what I love about the Daily Kairos Journal is that each day, it um, actually allows you to start with a, they call it a reset button, which I love that name. Um, And it gives you time to start with memorization of scripture, prayers, Thanksgiving, and then a thought of like, what am I going to do today? Kind of like a declaration. This is what I'm going to do today. Sometimes for me, it's really practical. Today, I am actually going to get this project done. Today, I am going to get those questions written. And other times it's like, today, I'm going to make sure that I'm prioritizing my family. Today, I'm going to make sure that I spend an hour playing with my kids. So it's setting that reset button. And then the next page, the very next thing that you're doing is spending time with the Lord and writing down some of your things that you're learning in your time with the Lord. Now, I have a gray and purple version, which I love. I like darker colors, but they've got a pink version. They've got a leather bound version. They've got this beautiful um, like forest green color. So you can pick your favorite color. And I think they start at like $29. Um, And so we will actually put a link because we are partnering with uh, Daily Kairos, uh, you can actually support the Journey Ruth podcast by buying a Daily Kairos journal using our link. And so I'll put a link in the show notes. Um, but there's another thing that I think is really cool, especially for us as disciplers. They have a code for a buy one, get one a special. And so I think it's $35. You are going to get this, uh, this gray one. It's specifically for this color. But you're going to get two journals... For $35 with the goal of one is for you and one is for another person. (gasps) Ding, ding, ding. How wonderful. You give one to your discipler. You keep, or I'm sorry, to your disciple. You keep the other one. And you guys work through the daily Kairos journal system during the week. And then when you meet together, 
you can go straight to the back because each day you take your daily um, reflection down at the bottom and then you go to the end and you add it to your weekly reflections. And what a perfect thing to actually talk through during your time. You go through your weekly um, reflections and then over on the other side, it gives you a place to say, Revelation, reflect on what God has revealed this week. Draw closer. Decide how you will draw closer to God next week. And then verses memorized, you can keep track of the verses that you have memorized that week if it's one or maybe even two or three. Awesome. So you could go to that reflections page and discuss those together in your time. So I'm not saying that it has to be daily Kairos. I just think that's a great, you know, resource for you to use where the two of you can be talking about kind of in the same organizational system together uh, in your time. But part of the reason why I think the daily Kairos is so good and why I think it is so important for us as disciples to be so focused on this being readers of the word is because of the culture that we live in. And interestingly, not interesting enough, of course we know that scripture applies not only to then, but it applies, applies to today. And so at the end of 1 Timothy and at the end of 2 Timothy, it gives us a perspective. It's two separate sections, but it's kind of talking about the same thing. So 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 20 through 21 says, Oh, Timothy, guard what has been entrusted to you. Oh, disciple maker, entrust what has been, or I'm sorry, guard what has been entrusted to you, avoiding worldly and empty chatter and the opposing arguments of what is falsely called knowledge, which some have professed and thus gone astray from the faith. You don't know what that knowledge, that false knowledge is, unless you know what true knowledge is. So you don't know when your disciple has come up against maybe one of those new things in culture, they're on that river of culture, just flowing down, throwing out new terms and new things and new ways we should live and new expectations if we're, st- if we're in the word of God, we can point out when a- one of our disciples is kind of buying into one of those. And you're like, wait, wait, stop. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Let me show you what scripture has to say about that thing that you're kind of adding into your life that you're interested in. And then 2 Timothy kind of talks about the same thing in chapter 4, verses 2 through 5. It says, preach the word. Be ready in season and out of season. Reprove, rebuke, exhort with great patience and instruction. For the time will come. It's pretty much right now, guys. For the time will come in 2022. That's the Courtney version. (laughs) When they will not endure sound doctrine, but wanting to have their ears tickled, they will accumulate for themselves teachers in accordance to their own desires and will turn away their ears from the truth and will turn aside to myths. We're going to talk about that in just a second. But you, you disciple makers, be sober in all things, endure hardship, do the work of an evangelist, fulfill your ministry. 
It is our job to remain sober in these moments. It's our job to reach out and be the person saying, whoa, 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 stop. Have you thought about that? Have you compared that to the truth in scripture? And right here it says they will not endure sound doctrine, the things that scripture teaches us. They won't like it because it doesn't sound fun. It doesn't sound good to them. It's not easy. But wanting to have their ears tickled, this is my favorite, they will accumulate for themselves teachers in accordance to their own desires and turn away their ears from the truth. Do you know what I see here, guys? I see Instagram. (laughs) I can go and I can follow all of these people that I want to listen to, and then I can unfollow all these people that I don't want to listen to. I can go and block all those people that are that don't, I don't want to listen to. So I can surround myself with people that are telling me these uh, things that I want to hear, whether they're right or not. And so sometimes you may be the only person in your disciple's life that is telling them the biblical truth that they need to hear. Because they may not even realize that, they're, that they are accepting these lies from the world and you need to help them see that. But once again, if you're not a reader of the word, if you're not in the word yourself, you may not realize that. You may be led astray. So that's why reading the word is so important as a disciple maker. So we need to be consistent. We need to be available. We need to be readers of the word. And here's your last one. You need to be eager to listen. And if you listened to the last episode about our time together in a, disciple, a discipling session, then you, you knew I was going to go here. You need to be eager to listen. We have to be a good listener as a discipler. And I think anyone can be a good listener. Do you talk more or do they? Is... Uh, is I don't I don't know probably someone has done a study out there about the perfect ratio in a conversation for both people to feel involved. I don't know. I haven't found it. If you found it, great. Send it my way. <laughs> Courtney at journeyruthpodcast.com. Go ahead and send it my way. I'd love to see that study. But we have to do more listening than we do talking, especially right at the beginning, because you have to earn that bridge of trust that we've talked about several times here on the podcast, that until there is a trust person to person, you can't be that honest because you're going to take that big old bag of honesty, which is really heavy. Honesty is really hard. It's really heavy. That's why these people that are being described in Second Timothy are running from sound doctrine because it's, it's hard holds you accountable. Accountability is not super fun. Feels like discipline. So that real heavy bag of honesty, you're going to try to set it on that relationship bridge between you and that other person. And if it hasn't been built up to be nice and strong with trust, then it's going to break the bridge and they're out of here. You got to build up that bridge of trust. And one of the great ways to start building that is to show them you are listening to them through active listening. You're listening to what they're saying, and then you're asking questions about what they just said. Go ahead. Sure. Introduce some new questions. But I've been in situations where the person that is um, supposed to be listening to me is just running through a list of questions they wrote before we even sat down. And they're not responding to anything that I'm saying. 
And I'm like, I'm now in an interview. This is not discipleship or mentorship or coaching. This is an interview. And I'm, I'm not. And then at the end, they give me like an assignment. I'm like, you already had that assignment written. You didn't listen to anything that I just said. So there was no bridge of trust created in that moment. Because I didn't believe that they were really listening to anything that I had to say. So you have to be willing to listen. And in that moment, you have to be willing to learn too. Because if you're really listening to someone, then um, you may listen to something that they have to say and realize that something that you believe is wrong. Or that you've done something wrong. Or that you said something that hurt them. And so we have to have enough humility as a disciple maker to be an active learner as well and know that I don't have, I don't know everything. Hallelujah. You mean I don't have to know everything? Oh, weight off the shoulders. No. And when you realize that you don't know everything and you realize that you've made a mistake, say, I'm sorry. I'm not great at that. I'm working on that. But say, I'm sorry, or just be willing to learn something new. I'm always telling my oldest, you are not the boss. I don't know where he gets it. Me. My family called me the queen. It was me and all boys. All boy cousins. Um, for the most part. <laughs> I had second cousins that were girls. And um, I got girl cousins later on. But when I was younger, it was me and the boys. And you know that I had plans. And I had a direction and what we were going to be doing. And ain't nobody going to step in and tell me that we should do something else. Didn't always work out well. Um, (laughs) But that's something that I've had to learn. Like I'm not the boss of somebody else's life. I can give them suggestions, but if they don't take them, they're an adult. So now I need to learn. Did maybe they know better for themselves than I did? Did Jesus know better for them than I did? The answer is yes. Um, (laughs) But I need to be a good listener and I need to be a good learner. So remember that to be a fruitful disciple maker, you don't need this long list that you've kind of always believed or um, this picture of perfection that maybe we've decided is, is what a discipler needs to look like. Instead, you need to have these four characteristics and they spell out the word care. C is consistent. You need to be consistent. A is available. Are you available for your disciple? R is reader of the word. Are you diving into scripture outside of your time with your disciple? And then E is eager to listen. Are you being a good active listener during your time together with your disciple? I hope that this list seems a lot easier and more obtainable for many of you and that it encourages you to know that, hey, in Matthew 28, God commands you to be a disciple maker. And when you look at this list, I hope you go, yep, mm -hmm, I can do that. Now, I mentioned a couple of links in this episode. I mentioned that I would put the Daily Kairos links into the show notes. I'm also going to put a link to that study that was done by Barna 
and the navigators so that you can see what they dis uh, discovered about discipleship. I will put those notes. All of those links can be found over in the show notes on our website, journeyruth.com. All of those links can be found over in the show notes on our website, journeyruth.com. Remember to check out the daily Kairos journals, of course, and don't wait to buy your tickets for the Entrust Conference. Very important that you go get those today. On our website, you'll also find show notes for every episode, an opportunity to sign up for the podcast newsletter, links to help support the podcast, and information on how I may be able to bless your church or community through speaking or teaching. This week, please come by, say hi over on Facebook and Instagram, and it would mean so much to me if you would take the time to leave a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts, and then click subscribe over on YouTube. Thanks for listening, and I will see you next Tuesday right here on the Journey of Ruth Discipleship Podcast.